0: For April 24th, 2017, it's the Overthinking It podcast, episode 460. Let us unloose the juice. Welcome to the overthinking a podcast where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny it probably doesn't deserve the overthinkers are your smart funny friends from the internet we're never happier than when we're talking about the culture hanging out together and uh, enjoying one another's company so thank you for joining us for this podcast you know if you have trouble thinking of this podcast as anything you can think of it like uh like uber but for your ears Right. (laughs) Because whenever you want a podcast, you summon one to your ears and your ears are transported uh, to wherever they want to go, provided they want to go to the place that we are talking about. Uh, Yeah, it's it's in and and also uh, it's worth billions and billions of dollars. That's the other respect in which it's like Uber. I'm Matt Rather. I am joined by fellow podcasters, Peter Fenzel.
1: Hello, Matt and Mark Lee. I'm like an Airbnb, but for your thoughts.
0: <laughs> uh so we, we uh we
2: all got our review
0: units of the Juicero this week. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they was so kind more... of them to include us on their press tour. Yeah. It was it was <laughs>
0: wonderful. And I, I, I thought I was pushing my luck uh when they offered me one and I said, Well, no, we could we need um we need three, so that all three of us can experience the the magic of pressing juice out of a caprice unpack but but uh you know and but I was glad when they came no i 'm just kidding they they didn't uh, uh, they didn 't actually send us the juice arrow, but I feel like i 've had it I feel like i 've had it a million times uh and the uh <laughs> uh you know, and that's the thing so so what what is the juicero and and why might it be on our minds this week of all weeks pete can you can you just fill us in a little bit on the background of this revolutionary product in the field of juicing <laughs> and uh why we might give a poop
2: about it? Okay, sure. I'll I'll do what I can. Although, of course, uh, double check and make sure you're using peer reviewed sources in all of your juice arrow casual conversations this week, uh, because a lot is going around. So there's a gentleman by the name of Doug Evans who uh, is a former Army paratrooper who had uh, has already uh, sort of started, launched, and sold a line of organic uh, juices and snacks called Organic Avenue, and he, I believe. He describes himself as as wanting to be the Steve Jobs but for juice perfection. I think is that the term term he used for himself. He has developed a machine that was, uh, until recently, $700. It is now $400. It's been in development for years. And I think the first reviews of it came out last year. But this week, there has been a huge surge of interest. uh, I think largely due to a Bloomberg video going around. Uh, The the Juicero. Okay. So before I mention what the, the video shows. So the Juicero. Is a futuristic juicing machine uh, that applies four uh, pound? Is it four four? I almost said four tons of force. It might even be like four, something like crazy like that. Oh,
1: and yeah, it, it claims it's the it is measured in the tons.
2: Yes, it claims it applies four tons of force to custom proprietary juice packets in order to make you a raw fresh juice the machine is four hundred dollars it is wi-fi enabled uh you can only use it if you have wi-fi you you control it using an app on your phone and you you it's they sell you the packets juicero sells you the juice packets they're like five to seven bucks a pop or you can buy a curated bundle for slightly more per unit uh, which of like five for like 36 or 37 uh because I, I went on the website we were checking it out uh and the machine will read the qr code on the packet refuse to serve you the packet if the packet is expired but if the packet is unique and and has been cleared as not a counterfeit juice packet uh the juicero will squeeze the packet into a cup for you to drink uh the video that's been going around right and of course to to, to track this right you're buying the 400 hundred dollar machine which was once a 700 hundred dollar machine uh it's applying four tons of force to a bag that has a spout on it more on that in a second uh it is it is uh Preventing you from juicing your own fruits and vegetables is important, right? You have to buy mashed-up fruits and vegetables from Juicero. It is not a juicer that can juice. That can juice. It's a, it's a juicer that is sort of produces a final product from an intermediate product, uh, and then and then the other thing about it is that uh, if everything if anything expires, uh, you just can't use it, right? Um, but. It'll squeeze it into a cup for you. And there's been a video that's been going around that shows that if you just take the bag and you just squeeze the bag with your hands without using the Wi-Fi connection, the QR code, the $400 machine, you still get about the same amount of juice, right? Out of the out of the cup, they show a woman squeezing a Juicero packet without showing her face uh, because I think no one would want to be associated with that kind of uh, <laughs> nasty internet endeavor. Uh, but she squeezes the Juicero packet into a cup uh, and shows that it generates about the same amount of juice as the Juicero. Now I'm not going to say that the juice that you can hand squeeze from a Juicero packet is of the same quality as the juice that a Juicero can squeeze out. No, of why, the Juicero why would packet. you say
0: why would you say anything <laughs> like that? That would be patently false.
2: <laughs> I mean,
1: in all seriousness, to clear up something you said earlier repeat like this and it's an intermediate product that gets turned into a final product i wouldn't even say that i would say that it's a final product that is delivered in a packet that gets dunked into dumped into a a cup when it's squeezed either by
2: four tons of pressure from the machine or by human hands yeah and and the the big the big thing that's really gotten people worked up about this other than how absurd it is. It, and again, we could talk about the degree to which it is absurd or not absurd based on your own individual human experience and how you perceive the world and everything in it. But uh, they recently raised $120 million of venture capital to support this endeavor. Right? And it's just the way that the CEO talks about himself It talks about the product. If you go to their website, there's a video you can watch that shows the origins of the Earth and, and how life came into It's <laughs> serious. The, the, the people are passing around the funniest thing which is the actual juicero website where they have a video which is like the world has been spending 4.5 billion years creating this juice and what does juicero do not mess with it so they they basically have a a video of all of the existence of the planet and then they had they show the machine and they tell you it does nothing right so it's like they did all it all did all the work uh it's amazing it's just and the the, the time lapse of the beans growing in, in the rich dark soil uh i mean it's something out of planet earth and planet nonsense but anyway google has invested google ventures part of alphabet has invested money in juicero uh kleiner perkins caulfield and buyers uh venture capital firm has invested money in juicero now 120 million from those two groups is not that much cable soup has invested in juicero right um, but the idea that you could just get 120 million dollars for making a product that kind of insults the frugality of most people in a flagrant and plastic way uh, is rubbing some people the wrong way, and it's generating a lot of opinions. I don't know—is that a good summary of sort of where we're at with Juicero right yeah, now? It was, so it's this—it's this product, this
0: yes. uh, very expensively priced home food product right yes. I, I don't know if it was Kickstartered, but it's that sort of thing right like it
2: doesn't have to be Kickstarter because the guy was already an organic food company ceo oh
0: there you go so it. he had he had money to do and yeah. and you know a network and whatever
2: and uh it oh, he went through like a dozen prototypes Over the course of years before coming up with the Ducero, which, you know, looks like a cross between uh, an iPod and an ironing board, I guess, turned upward. But anyway, you know, continue, continue.
0: And it was revealed uh, to be unnecessary even for the extraordinarily limited purpose for which it was marketed right that's i mean that's in the in the, in a nut that's that's what the whole the whole thing was because you can get a within some sort of uh standard deviation within some like level of uh equivalence you can get the same amount of juice out of these packets by uh by squeezing them right right and yeah. that that like yeah
1: yeah, the other thing to add is that uh at least on the technology websites that are eaten on twitter uh the mockery has been endless and without uh, without bounds right like uh there's just sort of like this this great um cathartic release of mockery upon this like look at the stupid thing look at all of this good money uh, chasing after bad um isn't this whole enterprise and you know many other things about tech culture ridiculous it's like people have been waiting for this moment to arrive, and they were handed a four hundred dollar uh, juice press that does nothing. That uh, that that squeezed out this rage, um, this cathartic rage.
0: Well, I mean, cathartic rage is free on the internet. It's you know, <laughs> it's fun. It's completely fungible. Any rage is as good as any other rage.
1: <laughs> really? Because
2: like we charge a monthly membership to get our cathartic rage. <laughs> so so <laughs> I'm go gonna back. I'm gonna give you something that no one else is gonna give you right now. Which is what Juicero is actually good for and why Juicero is a good product, right? (laughs) So here's the deal. You have to already care about raw juice versus other kinds of juice, right? That's just a given. If you don't care about raw food, there's no reason to get a Juicero at all. Now, again, for most people, there's no reason to get a Juicero at all. Uh, But you also have to... Uh, require some sort of organizational help, right, in terms of getting your kind of raw food juice going, right? Like raw food juice has to be a thing that is in your life already and also a thing that causes you more trouble than you have time or inclination to deal with it, right? If you are not that person, Juicero does nothing, right? And on top of that, uh, Juicero has to you, – you have to have so much money that the marginal cost of going to Juicero packets over farm raised vegetables delivered to your house, which is significant, right? Juicero packets are very expensive for what is in them. Uh, that cost has to mean less to you than your time, right? And furthermore, uh, one other thing that I didn't mention is that it takes about two minutes for Juicero to actually juice. So it's not fast. It's not quick. Right. You can't be the kind of person who has to get up and, hu- and is hustling and is like rushing to work in the morning who might use a Keurig because it makes a a, a coff- coffee very fast. Right. Juicero isn't fast. Right. Juicero is is uh, clean. Right. You have to care about cleanliness. If you if if you are merely, if you are merely somebody who cares about raw food, uh, who care, makes juice already, but it is too much trouble, uh, you have tons of money, uh, but but even on top of all that, like you just you just don't have the time, then it, it's not for you, right? But if you are like specifically Justin Timberlake right this is a great product and, and i think that's one of the things that has come out of this is that celebrities right like justin timberlake like katie perry i believe i mean i i really i should really confirm that justin timberlake is associated with the juicero you heard it here uh, first
0: on the overthinking of <laughs> podcast justin timberlake
2: shilling chilling no, for I, juicero. I, juicero i think he might have tried it he might have tried it last year uh, I think he might have been one of the early people to try it and say it was OK. It was good. But I don't think he actually bought one. Um, but uh, but yes, well, yeah, you know, but it's at like- that
0: level, at that level of celebrity, you don't buy anything except like houses and yachts and things like this. Right. Like uh, <laughs> you buy labor. I guess you buy the labor of your things. But like people, well, we, we, yeah. s- products yeah. people send you just to, you know, d- for the privilege of you being photographed juicing with them.
2: We already know that to Justin Timberlake, the best gifts don't cost any money, uh-huh. right? But they do come in a box. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> Womp Womp. So anyway, I sorry. I wanted to pitch that that like, and if Juicero can sell the juicer to those people for enough money, then maybe it's worth it. The p- massive price cut that they just did tells me they don't think they could do that, right? But anyway, I just wanted to put that in there that I don't think that Juicero is patently absurd. Uh it is just very luxurious to a point of like meaninglessness for most people but anyway i will I will step away and ask what you guys yeah, but, where you have
0: a p like a mercedes e class is is patently luxurious to the point of meaninglessness for most people right like that that uh um, well, that's
2: just that's not even you're we're not even talking tesla Model s territory we're talking about an e class <laughs> you got at least you got at least start with an s class this is an s class person kind of thing, right? Like, not an E-Class. But no, but that's actually a great comparison, right? Because luxury cars, they cost so much more for the marginal value that they provide, right? Like, it's just enormous, right? So, like, an E-Class Mercedes costs you, what, like $60,000? Yeah, but Uh, around about that. Yeah, I'm just ballparking that now. Yeah, top, and that's it.
0: but it's going to be in that it's going to be in that vicinity. It's not going to yeah. be 20 and it's not going to be 120.
2: Yeah. And you could buy like a perfectly fine used Honda Civic for like 10 to 15 that'll last you for a really long time. Uh, it's not an E-Class Mercedes. Now granted, you could yeah also exactly get-
0: the total the total cost of ownership on that Honda Civic <laughs> you know even if even if you maintain it for as long as you keep the e class Mercedes around oh. is going to be a lot lower uh a lot lower on the thing, so this is not but you know like the the um the presence of luxury cars doesn't uh, and, and by the way, like I could make one hell of a shade throwing internet video showing you that my used Honda Civic gets me to my destination just as well <laughs> as a, yeah, exactly. as like a Tesla, what? a Tesla model S like 85 P or something like that. Right. Like 85
2: D I think. P- is what you mean.
0: Oh yeah. Is that, Oh, so I didn't know if the P P is for
2: performance. 85 oh. is the size of the battery. What is D for? Uh you, I can't say it on the podcast without getting some chili peppers. <laughs> 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 I'm getting a what's, little in trouble with what, some fruit Pete, what's, a, Pete, what's a D for? <laughs> but the, <laughs> but
0: the uh, uh, right, like okay, so so yeah, I could definitely, I could really disrupt their market, uh, yeah, by uh, making, although- by making that thing, and yet, but here, sorry, here's the point. Finally, uh, you know, long story short too late uh here's here's my point that the the existence of luxury cars doesn't end their their uselessness or at least their their sort of uh high marginal cost for the improvements that you get right like does not uh you know might provoke resentment might provoke various things having to do with disparate levels of wealth of of you know class consciousness things like this but doesn't provoke the same amount of derision right yeah. that the <laughs> that the juicero does and at, at a much frankly a much lower price point orders of magnitude lower than uh yeah. you know than a luxury
1: car even an entry-level luxury car and the, the three, um,
2: three three and a half orders of magnitude
1: <laughs> <lower>. <laughs> <laughs> well so, at the risk of the state of the obvious one of the important distinctions going on here between a luxury car versus a juicero is that the uh, the luxury car, or similar luxury goods, whether it's a watch or a handbag or something like that, has the obvious or at least the more intuitive value for us of signaling externally your wealth and your status right. with that thing. And I don't – a similar thing is not quite a play here with the Juicero, which is <laughs> at home, right? It only allows you to, I guess, to go into uh, your your Silicon Valley uh, tech job and talk about the Juicero at home, but it's not quite – the same thing. So, hence the derision. I, I that at the risk of stating obviously, but there, but the kitchen table.
0: products in particular, like the you know the the whole existence of William Sonoma, right, would seem to contradict your your theory there, right? Because like, why do you need uh, a four hundred dollar German knife that's not even a good knife? Um, you know, with a uh, that's like you know stamped. Uh, right like stamped in a factory next to the cheap knives and that like uh that that uh uh what you know it that's just going to sit in your kitchen and and chop your like i don't know open an occasional plastic bag of cashews or something like that right like what <laughs> that is
1: what? a fair that is a fair point yeah so like the in, but it's it is a bit of a different thing and that that's confined within the privacy of your home, right? So you're signaling then to the intimate few that you have brought into your home rather than sort of like the, you know, the, the hundreds or thousands of people you interact with, you know, driving down the highway who gaze lustily upon your uh your luxurious steed and yeah. and make all sorts of so, uh, social uh, assumptions from that
2: so two counter arguments one you can instagram it right Oh,
1: <laughs> <Well, laughs> yeah. there you go there you go and, yep.
2: and two i'm i'm holding out for the juicero nano which i can wear on a chain around my <laughs> neck and then i can use to juice micro i can use to juice nano juice Uh, I can make little micro juices, little nano juices, which are equally raw and equally perfect, but smaller. Uh, And I can just sort of take them like little mini shots, sort of like I'm sort of like I've taken some sort of my
1: point. My point (laughs) has been torn to shreds i get it it's has been heat upon the the same derision at which the juicero product itself has been getting okay a different question to take this con- different direction to but take there's this conversation. A, a, so, oh yeah i i think i have an answer I, then,
0: yeah. yeah i think i have an answer to my to my you know as yet hypothetical question so far which is that like it's the holier than thou the derision comes because of the uh uh, because of the kind of the holier than thou attitude, uh, perceived attitude of people who are, uh, you know, uh, raw juice evangelists, and yes. then yeah. and and then it seems like this particular guy. Uh, it, it, like raises startup founder douchebaggery to uh, to levels heretofore unseen, um, and in in that, like there there is a certain amount of like getting their comeuppance, right? And if if there's anything Americans like more uh, than you know status signaling, it's uh, it's seeing people get their comeuppance. It's related. It's actually like it's the same status anxiety, right? That makes it such a an attract that makes both of those activities so attractive to the you know to the non-aristocratic american society
1: yeah so I, what i wanted to take this direction i want to take this conversation is to focus a little bit on the juice aspect
2: of this which we've only been alluding to oh, please let's, let's ar- focus on this. the
0: juice aspect i mean i've been wondering like
2: I believe that the juice has been contained up until this point, uh, and there will be a time such that it will be necessary for the juice to be loose. So, uh, Mark, so, let, let us, uh, release let us the hounds! Yes, let us
1: un- unloose the juice. Un- unloose the juice. Um, all right, so... Because, like the juice we're talking about here, again at the risk of stating the obvious, it's not you know <laughs> Tropicana orange juice that you get from the grocery. This is a special kind of juice, and it has to do with um, these ideas around or- not just organic but raw foods, right? And it's connected as well to the phenomenon of juicing, of juice cleansing, I believe, at least ten- tangentially, um, where it elevates and I would say uh, to a large extent fetishizes. Um, a specific, a very specific way of consuming fruits and vegetables, which, as far as I know, is not really backed up by science, but is to the point of our conversation kind of a signaling thing or a, a, a cultural phenomenon. Uh, is that a fair summary of it? I mean, I turn mostly to Matt Rather, who is in the juicing capital of the world, Los Angeles, California. It's
0: true. M- uh, Mark, raw juice is literally crawling with goodness. Right.
1: It's, uh, <laughs> are you reading copy from the juicero website? Matt?
0: <laughs> no, that's my, uh, I, I buy kimchi from the, the stall here at the farmer's market. <laughs> and they, they always remind you helpfully to open it, to open the jar of just, you know, plain old spicy Napa cabbage kimchi over the sink because, uh, it's going to explode. It always explodes. And, um, and, uh, they say, uh, careful, it's alive in there. And I look, I look deadpan at who, whatever, like, earnest, you know, uh, beautiful young person is, is selling me this, this living food. And I say, yes. It's literally crawling with goodness, and they don't know what to do with that level of uh, with that level of uh, sarcasm. And... <laughs> anyway, just a number, just a number, uh, just one of a number of uh, trolling maneuvers you can do at your farmers market in our new overthinking at premium content series called "Trolling Your Farmers Market" on the bleeding edge.
2: Uh, you told me it was going to be trolling your farmers market. That we were going to be going to farmers markets and we were going to be buying a bunch of tomatoes with a. Net, and we we're just going to throw the tomatoes in the net. And then we'd have a big net full of tomatoes. And that was when we would ask people for GoFundMe money to do
0: yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, but the problem with trawling your farmer's market is all the bycatch. You know, you can get a lot of uh, organic tomatoes, but you might get some unorganic food in there. You know, mm. someone has a pack of gum in their pocket or something that's going to get swept up in your net and suddenly yeah. all the quasi-mystical properties of your food are, uh, you know, are taken away. Um, well, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think there is some science and like none of the three of us is qualified to actually talk about it That that talks about the sort of the importance of uh like gut bacteria, something something probiotic, something something yeah, something, something microbi- Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Something microbiome. Right. And it's why you're it's why you're messed up a little bit uh for a while after taking certain kinds of antibiotics, for example, right? Like sure. and, and yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, and so like these these things are important. And I think there is some sort of like you know, processing removes the uh, processing can remove uh, certain aspects of nutrition from certain kinds of foods, right? And so, like, minimally processed foods ought, you know, as a rule to be preferred to maximally processed uh, processed foods. But the, the way it, it becomes like a it, with people who don't really have. Uh, an understanding of the science or the, uh, the good sense to know what they don't know, right? Like it, it becomes, as you say, like a quasi mystical, a kind of moral purity, the moral purity of your, the moral purity of your orange, the moral purity of your kale, the moral, uh, purity of your, you know, uh, heritage apple, right? Like in the, the, uh, the, that's when, that, you know, that's when it kind of verges, it, it crosses the line into, uh, into magical thinking, and yet I—I I, I don't know. I'm inclined to be kind to this sort of magical thinking. Like when, uh, whenever. I don't know. Like, it, it's a discipline I try to practice. I'm terrible at it. Uh, we should all try to practice it. We'll all be terrible at it. But, like, whenever I'm inclined to be derisive towards someone for their stupid beliefs, I sort of I, – I try to pause and wonder how many of my deeply held beliefs are, in fact, stupid. And I'm sure it's many, you know? And that, that – uh, Ghost
2: Rider Spirit of Vengeance is a masterpiece. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, come on, Pete. Now you're just
2: trawling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually foundering. Uh, no, floundering. Am I floundering or foundering? Am I trolling or trolling? Well, are you a fish? Vision- out- <laughs> yeah.
0: Are you a visionary? Are you a juice visionary? I'm
2: something <laughs> of a fish out of water. I suspect. <laughs>
0: But 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 anyway, yes, the moral the moral purity of uh, of raw raw food, right? Like, and it's not totally clear. I don't know, like Tropicana orange juice, even though it says like not from concentrate, right? Like, if you look at the kind of industrial processes by which that whole style, that whole family of orange juices is uh, is brought to market, like you come to realize that that yes, while it technically may not be from concentrate there are a lot of uh there are a lot of steps along the way in which the the essence of that orange juice does not resemble anything even close to what you would recognize uh as orange juice right like when it when they they like uh do it into an orange slurry and transport it by tanker truck uh like that then for example you would not you would not want to to wrap your mouth around the uh, spigot on one of the the you know um draining valves on that that truck and you know enjoy your morning Don't orange sleep juice.
1: for all of us i mean that's like uh my you know my, my breakfast dream right there
2: yeah. i think i think it's, it's worth interrogating a little bit I think there's, I think, a lot of dimensions for why Juicero pisses people off. And one of them is this idea of—so when you're thinking about something like raw food, right, or or buying local, right, there is a lot of uh, kind of food and lifestyle value signaling that—and it's not just value signaling. These sort of food and lifestyle kind of complex theories. I'll describe this sort of like complexly mapped food and lifestyle uh, value systems where— if it's not one benefit it's another you should buy local because it might have fewer exotic pesticides you should buy local because it travels a less of a distance to the farmer's market and burns less fuel right you should buy local because you'll buy things that are in season which will be more efficient right and and biologically it'll have benefits to your ecosystem you should buy local to sort of support your local economy right like there's a whole bunch of different sort of convergent reasons for why you would do this and if one of them is nonsense Like that's okay. There are others. Right. It's that whole thing about like, oh, man, if we develop sustainable energy and it doesn't stop global warming, then we've only developed sustainable energy. Right. Like, oh, no, that's terrible. Right. (laughs) Like uh, and and one of the issues with Juicero is that one of the sort of side benefits of this whole idea of raw food is that is this sense that people who are intermediating the food supply chain are, are are giving us less value at a higher cost. Right. And uh, that like we are ending up kind of robbed by them. Right. That like, well, and I mean, with oranges, it's kind of tricky because a lot of us don't live in places where oranges would grow. And we sort of take for granted that we would have access to oranges when we wanted them, especially year round. But this idea that like, OK, you know, if I if I eat the raw food, then that means that it's not it's not been kind of chopped up and changed one color and then changed another color. And served served me with a bunch of chemicals in it. You know, and like and then they haven't sort of put it in a box, taken the protein out and charged me two bucks more. Right. Like, uh, I mean, this this is like, you know, canned meat products and things like that. Right. Where it's like, oh, man, like, what can you even do with that? McDonald's hamburgers that have been flash frozen and you suspect, like, is it really meat? How much of it is soy filler? I don't even know. But what Juicero does is it's riding on these coattails of this sort of raw food value system. But it's adding levels of intermediation that are transparently. Artificially expensive, right? Like, mm, and I and right, I don't right, and I, and it's not just that they're charging you for it; it's that it's expensive to do, right? I think that the I think that the I think that the Juicero at seven hundred dollars was being produced pretty much at cost, and that a Juicero at four hundred dollars is taking a big loss that. And noted, like many Silicon Valley venture capital-funded projects, is being paid for by shareholders. Right for every unit. Yeah, right? well, that's it, it, home, it, yeah. But
0: it's not like they're not trying to like monetize eyeballs, or like we'll make it up in volume. It is. Uh, it's a uh, uh, like buy them, uh, give them the razor, sell them the the blade model. Right. The juicer yeah, 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 is yeah, a yeah. loss loss leader that's supposed to lock you into uh, lock you into this expensive like juice habit for the rest of your
2: life. Right. Because God knows no one can live without you know wheatgrass. In know, cup, right? Because as we all learned in 2005, I forget which year we drank wheatgrass and which year we stopped. But it was, uh, it was oh, two years.
0: Oh, man, like in, in <laughs> Los Angeles, we were drinking wheatgrass back in the 90s, bro.
2: Oh, bruh. Sorry, sorry. It, it only made it out. And then there was the great wheatgrass killing drought where nobody drank wheatgrass anymore outside of California. No, I, I like wheatgrass. I don't have a problem with wheatgrass. I like it that they have a the little grass growing on the side of the smoothie bar and they put it in there. But, but the idea that it's like it's raw food that comes in a plastic bag, right? It's raw food that has to be made for you by a robot, right? And it's like adding steps that you are sort of giving the, giving the absurdity of just referring raw food just as if you had the luxury of paying extra for everything for no reason. Right, like is as, as if, right? As a as a sort of quote unquote regular person, you had the luxury of just I'm just going to pay two dollars for everything extra for no reason. Okay, but let me let me at least try to make the
0: case here for the value, yeah. right? For the value that's being added, right? Because if you accept, like Grant, heuristically that the important thing here is retaining a kind of a spiritual purity of the juice, right?
2: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> if you accept that, there's a lot of provisos. The the, the juicero is not an in valid argument it just has a lot of premises associated with it right no it may not
0: be a sound argument but i <laughs> i think that i think it might be a valid argument if you say that like um that if the important thing is the kind of the moral quality of one's juice you know <laughs> <laughs> that right that by doing nothing to the product in the intermediate V- steps the value adding steps that don't add value by not adding value you 're adding value because by not adding value, that forbearance <laughs> is uh more morally pure than the uh, uh you know than the than the alternative to actually make a process more efficient using like industry or technology or or right. something like that
2: right. Right. Like say squeezing the fruit all in one place and then putting it in some sort of container that could be shipped. Right. And that way you could make it more efficient because pressing the juice all in one place is going to be more efficient than pressing it in like many different places. Right, is that is that what you're talking about? Like, if some sort of company were to come up with an idea, maybe they could put it in glass so you could see the color of the juice before you bought it, uh, and then you could make some sort of resealable because Juicero the spouts, aren't, the spouts aren't resealable. So if we were to improve on Juicero by using this sort of economy of scale model, right, where where we we centralize the juice operations, we use sophisticated technology, but we centralize it, and then we use kind of a tr- more travel friendly mode of transport, something that could be stackable, right, something that that could uh, that doesn't sort of flop around so much. Something that could be visible on a shelf, so you could easily find it in the store, and it's something that had a resealable top and, and, and a sort of transparent space age like glass or plastic kind of shape to it, right? You could you could model it on the ancient amphorae of of the Greeks into the Mediterranean, right? Like you could give it kind of like a curvy shape, right? That sort of suggested either something that holds flowers or something similarly erotic. Right, like uh. Well, and then- yeah, Pete, I, I, I just, I want to thank you for coming, and and as we this morning to
0: the focus group, and as we know, there are no bad ideas in brainstorming, <laughs> <laughs> right? That's uh, and so I really, I just really want to appreciate and acknowledge the time that you've taken and your obvious passion for some alternative uh juice industry. Uh, <laughs> Disruptions, right? right? That might, but but I, I just, you know, I've, I'd like you to speak to the spiritual quality of <laughs> of,
2: of the juice. Okay, because I, I feel have a great like... idea. I have, okay, here is how we make it spiritual, right? The thing about spirituality is that you have to tell people spirituality is about a feeling, right? right. It's a, like people will claim that spirituality is sort of a metaphysical aspect of the world, but as experienced. Uh, uh, it's it's a feeling. It's something that you that you sense. It's something that you that you perceive within yourself and without yourself at once. It's like if we could come up with some sort of quality that really encapsulated everything that the juice was accomplishing on a spiritual level, both in its consumption and also kind of by observation. And if we were to append that. Me- that sort of diamond that sort of crystalline messaging i think of it sort of like a messaging cruise missile just a tomahawk messaging missile that's launched from kind of a space age verbal uh, submarine thesaurus out over the ocean right and it just lands and 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 we put that we take that perfect word mm. for what juice is like yeah and we put it be and all we do is we put that word and we put the word juice and we put it on like a a bottle or a can. We just call it juicy juice, right? <laughs> and it's like, and you, put, and you put, and you know what? It makes you smile. So you're smiling, but the smiling is like a quality of the juice, which is in turn a quality of the natural fruits. So if you could put the human smile on the fruit, right, then then then, then you sort of close the loop, right? The square is made whole. the The circle is complete. Right, because because you know, as the, the, the as the Buddha teaches us, <laughs> um, juicy juice is ten percent real juice, uh and ninety percent is 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 the rest of existence. I'm not sure exactly how to bring that in for a landing, but uh yeah, no, I, I that, feel like- well
0: I mean as as the Buddha teaches us, uh you know, juice is is constant. Uh but it is possible to attain a state of freedom from juice. <laughs>
2: As 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 the Buddha teaches us, life is suffering, but juice is juice, right? <laughs> Juicy juice. Life is suffering. Follow the uh, Eightfold Path. Is it the Eightfold Path? The four, four Noble Truths? I get them mixed up. I apologize.
1: Let us also not forget the words of Jesus Christ. Take this juice, for this is my blood, which has been spilled for all of mankind for your sins.
2: Here's, here's the other problem. Juice isn't cool outside of California, all right? You know what's cool outside of California? Smoothies. Smoothies (laughs) are cool because it's like ice cream. Hey, you know what a Keurig does? It changes the temperature of the thing that you're drinking, right? (laughs) Which is something that you can't do with your hands. So like uh, maybe if they made something that changed the temperature of it, like if the Juicero took a packet and made like a delicious fruit smoothie, you know, and it's like, oh, I don't have to use a blender. I don't have to clean the blades, right? Like uh, then now we're talking about something that I can't just buy in a bottle. I mean, I could, but. But I, it, if I don't you know.
0: watch the Juicero marketing material, they make a big deal about how you're supposed to cut open the plastic juice bags or what. I mean, it's probably not plastic, it's probably some space age polymer. Wait, plastic is a space age polymer. Never mind. The uh,
2: <laughs> we're past the space age now. Right. It's some <laughs> information age polymer. No, this is it's a juicero age polymer. It defines itself, right, and it, it abides no further
0: definition. This this polymer has been latent in the earth for billions of years, <laughs> and now has been unleashed by the by the, the squeezing of the juicero, and you can tell it by because of the. Vzzz, <laughs> sound that that uh that it makes no like uh, they make a big deal about how you're supposed to cut the bags open compost the uh the inner contents right and then send in a with a prepaid shipping label send in a box the um right the the uh bags back to Gisero so that they can uh so that they can recycle them 'cause what you so know you know whatever they like
2: do, do you guys do you guys ever play scratch tickets? Do you guys ever play the scratchies? Because uh, that's because America does outside of California. But do you I mean, no, we got, I got th- we
0: got we got Powerball. We were, you know, I was oh. very excited when it was the billion and a half jackpot. But that wasn't a scratchy. That was a, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh,
2: but I, I believe when you get a scratch ticket, you can in most cases or in many cases, at least you can mail the scratch ticket in with like your name and address on it and get kind of a secondary entry into some sort of competition. Right. And I don't think any like I don't know anybody who does this. Right. Like I've never I did it once. Right. Uh, where it's like, oh, you can actually get another entry into a contest to win money if you mail in your scratch All you have to do is mail in your scratch ticket. Right. Um, the, 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 the scratch ticket that you just bought. You're exchanging, like, say, five bucks for a chance at winning a prize. And here's a chance to exchange, like, a few cents for another chance at winning the prize. And almost nobody does it. Like, do you guys ever do that? I once got a mumrah Ra action, a limited it was They said it was limited edition. I don't think it was. They were lying to me. A Mum Ra Thundercats action figure. No, that they I were mean, Dirty it may, Liars.
0: may have been limited, but the limit was very high.
2: The limit as Anne approaches infinity of Mumra is very high. Uh, (laughs) um, But there was a Mumra action figure that you could get that wasn't sort of full rampant Mumra, but was Mumra kind of in his robe, like sort Uh, of mummy Mumra. Mumra. Mumra in repose. Mumra in repose. And you had to get a certain number of like UPC symbols and proof of purchase from Thundercats toys. And you had to like get them together and send them in with like $5 shipping and handling, which is ironically enough, like enough to buy you another Thundercats toy. And they would send you this Mumra in repose figure, which didn't really do anything. It wasn't articulated uh, right, but it wasn't unique among your possessions as a child. Um, And I did that once. Like I did that once and I got the Mumra toy and I liked the toy. But have you guys ever done anything like that? Like ever other than maybe the one time I did the Scratchy once, I did the Mumra once, but I can't think of another time I ever sent in like that self addressed stamped envelope or the ten UPC symbols, or I dug my desiccated fruit corpses out of a plastic bag and like buried them in my backyard like so much money from a Boston oh, bank robbery. Yeah, I see what like, you're
0: saying. I mean, I send toner cartridges, laser printer toner cartridges back, but that happens at the level of like office stuff, right? Like not not, you know, my you own private
2: you save, you save tons of money doing that right like is th- that is I that think, like, yeah, hugely
0: that, lucrative i don't know i think that yeah
2: <laughs> oh you're trawling
0: <laughs> i'm
2: just foundering here <laughs> just floundering
0: well if you, yeah if you're foundering why don't why don't you disrupt a uh i mean why don't you disrupt an, an industry i mean like the 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 let's disrupt some industries right like Juicero is like a keurig but for juice
2: right or uh like what is it uh um uber is like an uber no it's uh task rabbit is like an uber but for teenagers right or but for but for like uh snow shoveling right uh mark you got any off the top of your head yeah
0: uber is like a a, uber is like a taxi but for the decimation of the middle class
1: so (laughs) here's there's a real life example that uh I shared earlier uh with this group uh I can't remember the name of it, but it was it was literally advertising itself as like Uber, but for uh restaurant employees, right as if that labor class isn't, isn't exploited enough already. It was an app to, to like for for restaurant staffing solutions you would basically like open it up uh and get uh you know short uh, uh grill cooks and uh and prep chefs on demand like that
2: right and the assumption inherent in all of these is the but for assumption right. Which is, I Pete, mean, like. Wait,
0: hold on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Pete. Point of uh, personal privilege. Sure. What? What's a butt for?
2: It's for pooping, Matthew. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> nailed it. Uh, no, but we seriously. <laughs> sorry, I, I can't. I can't live with myself. I now. I now need to walk off into the ocean, carrying only my Juicero and my shame. Uh, no, no. Um, <laughs> that's the butt for right. So the idea of the butt for is. That you've come up someone has come up with an idea that has demonstrably worked. What is the criteria for it having worked? It has made someone a lot of money, right? There's there that the, I don't think we necessarily have to have demonstrated that the that the idea is profitable in general, right? It has made the somebody a lot of money. It hasn't necessarily made everybody a lot of money. Uh, we haven't necessarily demonstrated that it, it lasts or it can scale, right? Uh, but we have demonstrated that in some way, if you come up with an idea that is that this idea, right, you can make a lot of money, and then you translate it into a similar sort of situation with the assumption that you can make the money that those people made, right? So, so Uber, right? Is a uh, is is a taxi dispatch app that uh, attempts a widespread Sherman Act violation of monopolistic intrusion on the taxi industry, right? That's like that's the strategy, right? Oh, no, I, I, that's a mean way of putting it. Uh, the, Pete, you're not, you're I, not thinking like a disruptor. Uh, so, that, but but I don't mean to be I don't mean to be too crude about it. I feel like if I if I set up too much of a straw man and then hit it with an Uber, uh, I will have diminished the point. So so here here's the point, right? Is that Uber is positioned as this idea like, okay, so the big problem with taxis is the idle cars and how hard it is to hail a taxi that will take you somewhere, right? And you can pay with your credit card, right? This is that the level of service isn't there to do that. And so we're going to make an app that does that. We're going to make an app that helps you get a taxi, and it's going to use idle car capabilities so it's efficient, right? And you're going to get to pay with a credit card, which you already have loaded. You don't have to deal with tipping or other things that are weird, uh, and you don't have to, like, hail them on the street or anything like that. Great. Great. So the assumption is that something like this, though, that's the concept behind Uber. I'll make an Uber, as you said, for like sommeliers, right, where you could like put it on your phone and be like, I need a sommelier. Is there one who isn't working, who's like standing within 100 feet of me right now and can come in and like and like taste some wines for me and make me a recommendation, right? Or who has a bunch of wines with him, right? The the issue, right, is that the reason that Uber makes a lot of money isn't just that it does these things. It's also because of the whole regulatory arbitrage going on in the taxi industry and and the specific circumstances of the taxi industry and the specific challenges of kind of entry into the taxi industry right Which have to do with regulations and medallions and this idea that to disrupt it uh, disrupt can mean a lot of different things right so like uber is disrupting the taxi industry in one way because it's provided a more efficient way of hailing a taxi and paying for a taxi but it's also disrupting in another way right because it's found a way to arbitrage its regulations and like get past the laws that it has to follow right and, and so uh, but and, and, that, and so in much the same way, a Keurig, right, disrupts a percolating coffee maker in a couple of different ways, right? One of them is that it is like uh, it, it, it is cool and it is kind of technologically advanced and kind of fun, right? And coffee percolators are kind of annoying and difficult to clean and uh, kind of a pain, right, uh, a little bit, right? So like, OK, Keurig is more fun than a coffee maker, right? Uh, the other way that it disrupts it, though, is it's more profitable, right which is interesting right which is the the idea that oh we can we we can charge more for it because of the model for it, and then people won't figure out that they're being charged more because psychologically people don't figure out how much money they spend on things in this way. Right. right yeah. When think you think about uh, the yeah, yeah, and when you think
0: about and especially like especially in something like that because it's it's one of those products that provides now now uh, don't get me wrong I think that that Keurigs are terrible because uh, Cold Brew Coffee is a painstaking artisanal process, but <laughs> <laughs> it's a deep cut. That's a callback. But
2: the that is, uh, that's still one of my favorite projects ever. And if you listened to it and you know what you're talking about, leave it note in the comments because it was a beautiful beautiful thing in its day anyway it was a a lot of fun
0: Um, but the uh uh right the whole uh you know the whole thing about products like that is like if you can if you can get that little dopamine hit right like every time you use it you know and like ooh, i'm neat this is neat and so i'm neat right every time you use your your Uh, uh, Keurig. Now, I mean, of course, uh, when I use a Keurig, I I think, ooh, I'm a hollowed out, broken broken down shell of a man, and I've given up. (laughs) (laughs) But what if it's donut flavored, Matt? (laughs) Oh, oh, well, if it's the donut house coffee, then okay. (laughs) Because if there's something that needed to be disrupted, it's Dunks. Yeah, but I mean, it is, I, th- I no, I think that like I, I honestly branding it disrupting because right, you're talking about you're sort of problematizing and kind of interrogating the idea of disruption, um, right? But you know, both as like uh, altering the business model of something, altering the the, the which you know uh, may create efficiencies or may create more uh, profitability, but also like like uh, uh, altering the cultural interface at which a, a product or industry interacts with culture. Government regulation and and things like this. I and right. And this is not. I mean, this is you know. Uh Uh, This is, I think, brilliant branding to call it disruption, because that makes it seem, you know, a lot of American, a lot of American things like a little risky, a little sexy, dangerous, right? Like uh, intrepid, um, you know, uh, some risk, but high upside, right? Like it's disrupted. You know, that's, that's good branding. Um, Where, you know, whereas like in reality, it seems to be that like it's taken as a market inefficiency anytime there's some B E. S. whim that is unfulfilled, right? Uh, Begging entirely the question of whether it ought to be fulfilled, (laughs) whether you know, (laughs) at all, right? Like when you call that Uber, have you thought like, where am I
2: going? In a larger sense, where am I going? (laughs) Now we are a pop culture podcast, and I'm I am primarily interested in the Juicero as a cultural object because I'm sure as heck not squeezing any fruits with it or vegetables, but uh, but but disruption, right? Like there's there's a sense I think in which to add another dimension as to why people are pissed off about it. In that people it might enjoy their current relationship with juice, and they may feel that they don't have any degree of choice over whether it is disrupted or not and packed into the word disruption is this idea of kind of of a cost production efficiency that kind of mandates that it uh it it happen right it's like well it has to happen this way once we figure out the technology because it's just so much more efficient that we have to do it and the problem i guess is just the cheap available capital allows you to pretend that ideas are necessary in that kind of cost benefit way. And and, and I think that the, the net effect on people is like, we're just taking away something that you like, right? And we're, we're sort of roughing up your lifestyle and your traditions and your culture, right? Like you may like a glass of orange juice in the morning, but we're going to disrupt it. We're going to come into your living room and take away the thing that you like and replace it with either nothing because you can't afford it or some nonsense, right? And it's interesting to think about you know and again i don't think people are using the term disruption to in this way broadly and meaning it but it is interesting to think about something like alexa as a disruption in the home right in the sense that like you might actually have liked how your home worked without alexa and now you feel either because of how you described there's some sort of cognitive psychological Understanding sort of deep game that's being played, where people get addicted to these things and they can't stop. Right, where like they never really wanted to use Alexa, but now they're addicted to the hit of dopamine they get from using Alexa. And, And and of course, you might say, well, what's the difference, right? What's the difference between the the you know pleasure pleasure satisfaction response conditioning and choice, right, and preference. Is there even a you know? Are you know? If you think about it in terms of technology, people, people as an information technology, then there's no difference necessarily, right? But when you think about people as they construct themselves as entities, independent of being, or as essences, independent of being entities, right? It's uh, there is a difference between kind of what you think you want, how you would want to live, and what you, in a sort of Pavlovian sense, would opt to respond to, right? Um, and and I think that there's kind of a I think there's a sort of spiritual and philosophical cost to watching all of your choices uh and again this is hyperbole all of them but that's what it feels like sometimes i'm using the hyperbole deliberately here to watch the choices that you've made for kind of how you want to live your life and what sort of trappings you want your life to have to be changed and, and not for reasons that make it more cost effective for you right but reasons that make it more cost beneficial for someone else right you pen pay more you end up poorer you end up with juice you don't want Uh, But somewhere along the line, someone decided you need to have a juice machine with a Wi-Fi that doesn't let you pick your own vegetables from your garden, right? And you got to get them in a bag, right? Um, I mean, that's a hellscape, (laughs) <laughs> right? like, like I could just, I, we could already write this movie. We Vege- can write-
0: vegetables in a bag is a hellscape.
2: <laughs> well, you know what it is. The hero is, is uh, the hero is some young gardener, some young plucky female gardener in the, in the dusty hellscape of the near future who uh, really desperately, who like, who like has figured out that she can use a, a, uh, a, a kind of uh, like a bowling trophy that her father left her before he died to like dig into the tomatoes that she makes to make a sort of crude tomato juice And thus she does not have to pay her like wage chips in uh, to, to the juicero corporation that controls her life. And then she meets like this crazy old hermit. That's the juice man who's still alive. Right. And like shows her the wonder of juicing and you could do it yourself. Oh, it's amazing. I don't know. It's just, it does, it does map pretty well onto these sort of horror stories about, about like losing the thing that make, that makes your life enjoyable. And again, this is, this is not what the experience of having a juicero is actually like, I'm sure. And you can ask, uh somebody who is not Justin a tibberlake but has his means uh and, and he'll tell you right but i don't think that Gisero does this per se but the idea of the disruption that the Gisero presents has this kind of dimension
0: i think i don't know um i mean the they, related like tangential to to what you're saying or just kind of riffing off uh, by associate by association to it you know we we live in a world where, where you don't a lot of work that used to be someone else's job is now your job, right? Like your airplane reservations are now your job. Whereas there used to be a whole class of professionals that, that, you know, made a white collar living by dealing with, uh, this sort of thing, this whole kind of aspect of the, this service industry. And now it's your job, right? Like dinner reservations, the, the same thing with, with open table and, and things like this. Um, and you can sort of go on and on down the, uh, you can go on and on down the, The thing there are all these kind of administrative um, apps or services or things like this now that are that are disruptive. I suppose like open table sort of disrupts something or disaggregates. I guess right like is a word that gets used a lot or disintermediates. Right Uh, that that um, you know that that uh, a lot of these dis dis Words right, like, uh, uh, and you know, we're just dissing ourselves all the time. And uh, uh, th- there is, I mean, I think, like, on on the level of sort of paradox of choice, in that you know, which is the the uh, the book by Barry Schwartz who uh, who is a psychologist who wrote this book called The Paradox of Choice about how uh, more choices don't though, though it would seem economically rational that more choices lead to happier people. Uh, in fact, that is not the case. Uh, more choices just Make you really uptight about all the choices and whether you're making the right one. Um, we're we're facing this across the whole, you know, we're facing this across the the uh, whole landscape of our lives as these things get uh, disintermediated more and more and more, right? And as you, as you have. Um, you know, as you have choices, right? Like, the, 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 uh, I, I just made an airplane reservation. I'm, I'm heading to, uh, New York for the Overthinking It, um, Eurovision live viewing party. And, you know, it's just like, I, uh, I was, uh, you, you look at all the sites and stuff like this, it's, you sort of overwhelmed with options. I had to like come back. I had to kind of like mentally do some work, uh, on like, uh, narrowing down what I was searching for before I could come back and and do it because if it's like if you're if you don't know what you want and you look at what's possible, uh, it's a dizzying array of things. And then, then if you know what you want, right, um, it's a lot easier to uh, to go about getting it. And the the the, um, the uh, Jucero sort of represents, I think, a, a step back into an older. Uh, in the name of going into the kind of the new model of disintermediation, right? Uh, it goes. Uh, it goes back to an to an older model. Like, what's in the bag? You know, what's mm. what's in the what's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> what's in the box? Uh, the we, you don't know what's in the bag. I mean, you know, they tell you it's uh, fresh fruits and vegetables, right? Um, how fresh can they be if they've been chopped up, put in a plastic bag, and uh, you know, uh, shipped across the country. I I don't know. Uh, the uh, it's a,
2: supposed to be a couple of days because I think they only offer it in certain states, which seems like another inefficiency. But whatever, right? Like I'll say a lot of things about Jucero, but I'm not sure. I, I want to make sure that we don't. It's, I mean, it's like three day old mashed up kale it's never mind continue sorry well, it's, not ma- it's not mashed up yet until you put it
0: in the juicero
2: no it is and- mashed up they like pre-chew it a little bit they like uh, grind it up they they chop it up into like a into a not a, quite a slurry but the sort of the step above slurry and that's why you can hand squeeze it if oh you want t- that's a, why the juicero works a, it's chunky, not just a chunky a right? chunky because slurry. the machine is doing literally nothing if the machine could actually make juice from it, it would be called a Vitamix. But instead, it's called a Juicero because it makes juice out of slurry. Yeah, or right? a juicer. So.
0: Yeah, or a juicer. Right? Like, yeah. there are different kinds, like masticating juicers, and uh, a di- I don't know, there are different kinds. Um, one is supposed to preserve the spiritual goodness of your food more than the other is. I'll put some. Uh, I'll put some uh, affiliate links to. Vitamix. <laughs> <laughs> to Vitamixes and juicers in the uh, in the comments, in the show notes for this, this particular episode. But by giving you less choice, right? Like, by freeing you from the tyranny of having to wonder, you know, shall I go outside? Like, already I'm feeling anxious, right? Like, shall I pick some fruit? Which fruits shall I pick? What combination of fruits shall I pick? What is, uh, for taste and nutrition, the ideal... Um, amalgam of fruits and vegetables that, that I should bring in from my garden. In what proportions should I mix these fruits and vegetables? And I, like I'm sweating bullets right now. You know? Th- thank God it's radio and you can't see me. Uh, you know, and I, I, I say thank you juicero thank you for freeing me from the anxiety uh, that attends any sort of choice that attends any any sort of like dizzying array of of possibility right because if you can eat any fruit if you can drink any juice then you can drink no juice and uh and if that's not worth 400 dollars, then i don't know anything about economics
1: Anybody thirsty? <laughs> Some juice. <laughs> oh
2: man.
0: <laughs> yeah, so so uh you guys have been enjoying your Juicero review units, right?
2: Oh yeah, no they're great. I've definitely been using the 4 tons of pressure to uh crack pistachios. <laughs> <laughs> See I, I I, I... I've saturated my Instagram
1: feed with uh, heavily signaling photographs of my Juicero juice, um, depicting my social status and economic well-being.
2: So here's something that I'm thinking about this, which is I should say I can say that before every sentence I say. But it is interesting that the device that is being sold to you has such a specific prescripted purpose to the point where if you don't use it for the exact purpose that it they intend you to use it for it doesn't do anything right like if it doesn't scan the QR code on the bag then it won't make the juice and it seems to me—so one of the other—we've talked a little bit about disruption, right, and this idea that, yes, disruption sometimes refers to a, a huge leap forward in kind of cost efficiency that necessitates a technological change, but it can also refer to other systems other than cost systems that are disrupted by both new technologies and also by capital, right, and, uh, and capital leveraging new technology to disrupt something like a social system or a tradition, right, or a regulatory system. But innovation— Right? Innovation. Doing something that's new. Right. And and I think you run into people a lot these days and a lot of it is, is um you know, people respond to kind of what they get paid to do a lot. I tend to believe this, that people will people will care about the thing that you pay the money for, uh, which is, I know, a rather out-of-fashion thing to think about human beings, uh, that uh, that when you pay them to do something, they will care about it somewhat more than if you don't. And I'm sure that there are any number of psychiatrists or psychologists who would disagree with me. But, like, because there is the possibility of making a lot of money in technology— Uh, and, and making a living even, right, for a young person in technology. There's this sense of innovation as a transcendental good right as as a as a good in and of itself right innovation new ways of doing things new ways of thinking right and we talk on the i think we have a pretty sophisticated angle on the podcast where we talk about not just technologies that involve you know silicon and valleys but technologies of power technologies of discourse technologies of of organization right like uh, various sorts of ways that you can rework and re-engineer things to get things done faster better different right more effectively less effectively and then innovation is this sort of this 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 I don't want to call it a cult just because I don't like it. So I, I would I would term it um, it's almost on the level of kind of a of a new agey shamanistic sort of spiritual enterprise. This idea that when you make things different and new and better, you are a different, new and better person, and and the world leans towards innovation, which is a very late nineteenth century way of looking at humanity. Right? It's really interesting to see millennials lean back on innovation and progress. As big social organizing principles because it shows we haven't had a world war in a long time because I think the history of art is dictated by this idea collapsing whenever there's a world war or a world war meaning a war that encompasses all of the world as you can conceive of it right Uh, whoever you happen to be in a given time. Whether it's like, you know, it's 30 Years War or whether it's the, uh, you know, the Sino-Japanese War, wherever you are, right? Uh, if the, the progress and change for their own sake can stop being good things eventually. But but the Jucero is not innovative. The, the Jucero— it, it, the juice zero may be innovative in the sense that it create it's a new way of creating a raw juice product, but it is not um, it is not kind of spiritually in line with the sort of shamanistic enterprise of innovation because it doesn't let you use it to do other things. Right. It doesn't let you repurpose it. I mean, one fun thing that could happen with Juicero is people could hack their Juiceros and make them do something else. Like if somebody hack a Juicero and make it crush a, a body panel from, uh, you know, a, a uh, an old Chevy Caprice. Right. With its four tons of pressure. Well, something- Juicerosaurus. <laughs> yeah, can somebody make a bunch of juiceros that can walk, right? If you if you sort of hack them together, right? Like why I, I know why the Jucero wants to tightly control how you can use it. But if the Juicero really wants to participate in this idea of innovation, and again, I'm saying this to you, Matt, because I know that you're a scion of the most honorable holy church of open source, yep. after a fashion, right? Uh which I, I mean and I would say there are there are Far inferior systems of considering the good than open source, right? Uh, which, which I think has a lot to recommend it as an ethos. This idea that that the means that the sort of means to. Uh, I mean why don't you explain kind of where open source falls into all this and, and, and it's
0: probably with it beyond the scope of what we can do in in the yeah. time that that remains us but it, it is a uh, it is a kind of, of uh, software well it's a philosophy of uh, sharing of sharing innovation um, that that means when you take something that has been kind of created in this philosophy and you build upon it you pledge to share likewise uh, and there are a lot of ways in which this is operationalized in various different kinds of legal Licenses, um, and there are all kinds of internecine battles over which ones are superior and for which purposes. But, but the idea, uh, the idea is that the knowledge, uh, not not just the result, uh, not just the product that you make, but the the sort of process and inner workings are shared uh, freely with the uh, uh, with you know with the rest of the discipline.
2: Yeah. So, if the Juicero really were a better way to make juice, then would it not be? something of a responsibility to share that way broadly, right? As opposed to very tightly control it. And furthermore, were the Jucero made in the spirit of improving and creating uh, new things for all of humanity to kind of propel itself forward, would it not make sense for the Jucero to allow for modification, right? In some way. Um, and, and, And the idea that such a simple tool seems so dead set against you doing that, I think I think, A, it's a mistake. I think that if they had made the Juicero more of a, um, a not necessarily more of a versatile kind of thing, because if it did like 10 different things then no one would care. But if they if they made it out of the box, like able to be adapted. Right. Maybe that would be something people would be more ex- excited about and would justify the price tag a little more as sort of a play thing. I don't know. I, yeah. But, what, uh, what
0: you're saying, Pete, is that if Juicero did not exist, it would have been necessary to invent it.
2: Yeah, I mean if somebody just made a 4-ton press and sold it to you and it's like here's a 4-ton press and you can use your phone to, to do whatever you want with it and you can plug it into a regular outlet. Someone would make juice with it, right? And then 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 you would have a juicero, right? Yeah. You would have arrived at the juicero by different means, right? And and I again, I don't I know we're not a tech podcast. I know that I'm not the best person to explain technology and I know that Matt is but is not free to do so on this podcast because we shackle him. Uh but I just think culturally the idea, it is interesting to interrogate where in the sort of cultural sense of what innovation is, where does Gicero live and why does it kind of seem to betray the mission of innovation. Uh, well, so much.
0: Th- that's a uh, good question to, to kick off the discussion. That can happen in the comments on the show notes for this episode. Please, uh, uh, as we say, unloose the juice. Uh, tell us your tell us your juice related story. Uh, there, we'll be back next week with more overthinking a podcast. Till then, visit us on the web, where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny.
1: It it probably, it probably doesn't, doesn't deserve. Tender, but for saving endangered species.
2: (laughs) If you have a juicero, and I have a juicero, (laughs) and I have a straw, look at my straw, here it is, and my straw reaches across the room, and it starts to drink your juicero, I... Drink your juicero. I drink it up. Drainage.